one seems like he's not going to let up anytime soon. Can I buy you a drink? He asks, and then moments later informs me, I'm buying you a drink. I've got one already, I tell him with a patronizing smile. What? You're too good for me? He asks. I can't help it, immediately busting up with laughter. Yes. Suddenly, the guy looks legitimately hurt, his entire posture evolving into that of a sad clown. Fuck you, the guy finally says, then immediately turns and walks away from the bar. Sam rolls his eyes. Do you want me to kick him out? I shake my head. Nah, but I'll tell you if I have any more problems. This is what I'm talking about, Sam continues. Most of the guys who come in here are all the same. The ones who are more handsome than him are just as much of an asshole. Why do you do it to yourself? Go find a pretty boy bar back in the city and meet a nice guy who's going to treat you right. I smirk. I'm holding out for someone who walks the line. Rugged and together. Arrogant and loving. Lowbrow and highbrow at the same time. That doesn't exist, Sam tells me. Every man is either one thing or the other. You can't have both. We have this conversation every time I come in here, and it all ends the same way. I usually argue with Sam about my gay prince charming who's also rugged until closing time, but tonight I just don't have it in me for some reason. I don't want to admit it, but deep down I'm actually starting to think that he's right. I look back over my shoulder at the man with the gray beard, who is now drunkenly kicking the pinball machine. I can't help but let out a long, disappointed sigh. Maybe this is it. Well, I think I'm going to call it a night, I say, turning back to Sam. Close me out. Sam laughs. Don't worry about it, Kent. Your drinks are on the house. Come on, I protest. Sam hands me back my credit card. No way. Not tonight. You need me to call you a cab? He asks. That would be amazing, I tell him. And thank you. Sam winks. Don't mention it. Eventually you'll find a guy who's worthy. If he wasn't straight as an arrow, I would totally go for Sam. Isn't that always the case, though? I stand up and grab my jacket. I'm going to go wait outside, I tell him. The night air is cool and feels nice against my skin. I open up a pack of cigarettes and pull out a smoke, then light it up and take a long drag. It's a filthy habit, I know, but I'm trying to cure my addictions one at a time, and right now, kicking loser dudes is the main focus of my mental efforts. The tavern is positioned along a long, winding road that curves through the thick Washington forest, a lone outpost for gay bikers and renegades. Without another business or home for miles, you'd think the vicinity would be pitch black, but a full moon hangs high in the sky and, helped along by the flashing neon sign behind me, illuminates the scene. I take in a deep breath and then seriously consider texting my asshole of an ex. The bad boy who's also good doesn't exist, so maybe I'll just go straight bad for a night. I take out my phone, look at it, and then put it away. No. Suddenly, the door opens behind me and the man with the gray beard comes stumbling out. Since I'm the only one around, he immediately comes at me like a moth to a flame, his eyes following the glowing tip of my cigarette in the dim light. Here he is, the man says, slurring his words. The city boy who is too good to take a drink from me. Yep, I offer. Really not in the mood to start anything, but thoroughly annoyed by the guy at this point. You're not all that special, the bearded man tells me. You're nothing. Okay, I tell him, still looking off into the night sky. The tavern door opens again behind us, and I glance back to see a living, floating dress exit. For some reason, I didn't notice him inside, the homosexual piece of women's apparel blending into the sea of bikers and the clamor of bar banter, but out here he immediately catches my eye. The dress is stunning, with a chiseled face and ripped abs across his blue and black front, and the confident manner of his float gives him a manly aggression. He's like a shark as he enters the sea of darkness that swirls around my drunken aggressor and me. Look over here! 
The bearded man suddenly interrupts, angered that he has momentarily lost my attention. What do you want? I finally ask him, beyond frustrated. The floating black and blue dress is nearby now, getting ready to roll away on his motorcycle, but stops abruptly when he hears the irritation in my voice. Meanwhile, the bearded man is growing more and more upset with me, the alcohol in his blood filling him with a desperate rage. His eyes are wild and angry as he lashes out. I want you to stop being such a stupid motherfucker and suck my cock, the man yells. Suddenly, something quick and powerful flies through the darkness and wraps around the bearded man's face. He's falling, collapsing onto the pavement in a crumpled heap. I look down to see the living dress tightening its constriction around the drunk man's head, choking him as he struggles for air. Have you had enough? The dress asks. Yes, the man gasps. The blue and black dress finally unravels and floats up next to me, a stern look on his face as he gazes down at the asshole on the ground. I think it's time for you to head home. The bearded man wearily tries to climb to his feet, failing a few times before finally pulling himself up. His neck is red from...